Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. I wanted to try something fun with you just real quick because I found this great quote that I really liked, and mm-hmm. I wanted to um, tell you the quote, and I bet you'll know who it is. Okay. Because you're so good with quotes. So could mm-hmm. I read it to you? Sure. Okay. Tomorrow is a new day. You shall begin it well and serenely and with too high a spirit to be cumbered with your old nonsense. That could be anybody. Is that uh, that St. Francis? No, it's Emerson. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're so good with the quotes. I'm like, oh, he's going to know this right away. (laughs) Well, Emerson has about 10,000 quotes. I I have a a book called The Quotionary, A Dictionary of Quotes. And I mean, he must have he must have a thousand quotes in there. But uh, he's great. He was a great hero of mine. I have a, I have a picture of him uh, that I look at every day when I write. Uh, he's, I, yeah, I just he's, like that one because too often we dwell in the past. Say it again. And tomorrow it again. is a new day. You shall begin it mm-hmm. well and serenely, and with too high a spirit to be cumbered with your old nonsense. The old nonsense. Yes, let it go. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that would be funny to stump yeah. Dr. Dyer on a quote. <laughs> you stumped me. <laughs> but I'm not sure that Emerson said that. So I, guess, uh, <laughs> I think he got it from St. Francis. I'm just, Maybe. you know, it's like, it's like when I play Jeopardy, I always have a, you know, if, if I miss one, I always have a, a backup on it, you know. So. <laughs> you were on Jeopardy. I think you knew that. <laughs> yes. You were right. on Famous I know, Wayne's. I have. Yes, right. That was great. Did you watch the uh, the finals of the uh, Olympic? Uh, the the uh, I did the extravaganza. The, yeah, wasn't it something? That was amazing. The nice thing about it is the first time they've done that is that all the athletes, instead of coming in by country, they just came in as uh, there's ten thousand athletes, I think they said, and they all came in uh, as one, which I thought was really really a nice symbolic thing to do. Instead of, you know, we are from Germany and we are from France and we are from America and we are from China and we won more medals than you and all all of this kind of stuff that uh, we sort of put into this into the Olympic spirit, the competitiveness and so on. And there's nothing wrong with it. But uh, there's also there's also something that uh, unites us all. You know, we all breathe the same air. We come from the same space. We return to the same place. Uh, we're all pieces of God. And to have all of these athletes from all over the world just uh, walk into this beautiful stadium um, and uh, come in as one, I thought was a really nice gesture. So. That's great. So so symbolic. And I love the yes. Olympics. I can finally get some sleep now because mm. they're over. <laughs> I've just have been watching there's them so almost many obsessively. Things to, I mean, there's so <laughs> many, yes. And the, the one guy so, running from South Africa, just so, you know, and so inspiring. The, 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 the person who had has no legs. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. how unbelievable is that, that he's competing at an Olympic level? I know. And then he goes right from there to run in the Paralymp- uh, Paralympics. But uh, he was, he was in fact, that he got to the semifinals of the, uh, of the relay. Yeah, it's an, that's a great story. I love it. It's I just amazing. A lot of people didn't want him to be able to run because they thought, you know, and how could you say he has an unfair advantage? Yes, I right. couldn't imagine that. I mean, he has, you know, had no legs. It's crazy. Do you have anybody calling in? There you are. You had dropped out mm-hmm. for a second. Oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. oh no, we lost oh. Wayne. There's no show. I have no jokes. <laughs> what am I going to do? No, we you have, have an Emerson quote, so you could do that. <laughs> I know. I could whip out the old quote. The ones he got from St. Francis. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> no, we do have, have tons of calls, so we'll, we'll okay. jump on to the calls let's here. Let's do that. So let's start with John. Let's go to line 11, and he's calling from Cambridge, Massachusetts, to get us started today. So, John, welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Dyer. Thank you, Diane. Good afternoon, Dr. Dyer. Hi, John. How are you? I'm great. I am about 12 minutes from the house of Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh my and goodness! So you're, you're you're where are you in, you're, in Cambridge, I thought, Mass? Oh, you're in Cambridge. Did he live in Cambridge? No, he lived in Concord. Right, right where you did your spiritual right. solutions DVD at the church there. Of course, yes. I was. Yeah. I've been at his home, and and he was just around the corner from where Thoreau lived as well. That's right. Well, Concord, I, right. I, I I have to share with you. I, I don't have a question, but I'll if you can give me a, a couple minutes. Um, I want to tell you in the audience that all of your teachings absolutely positively work. And, and I'm living proof. I'm a 25-year radio broadcaster, both on the air and in management. I recently left my job in Boston about uh, seven or eight months ago, and I'm a 15-year student of yours. Mm. And I have to tell you, last fall, when you were on stage here in Boston with Carolyn Nace, right. I'm, not here, I'm not here to plug my book, but I have to mention mm-hmm. this. The name of my book, Heroes, Mentors, and Friends, came to me like a wave off the stage when you and Carolyn were on stage. I, was, I started writing my book. I was about a year and a half into it, and since I left my job, I made the decision I'm going to finish this book. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a real fond student of yours. And mm. the name came right off the stage, and I started weeping. It was, it really? was very, mm. yeah, yeah. It's very interesting that you say that, John, because uh, I've been uh, the last for the last two months. I've been obsessed. Um, I've never had anything happen like this before. Um, I heard uh, they have these little promo things, uh, Diane, that you play before the show, and and uh, Doreen Virtue came on. Inspirational moments, right? And and Doreen Virtue came on and said something like, "You always have angels with you," or something to this effect. Some one of those those kind of quotes. And I was thinking uh, about that and whether I wanted to talk about that today. And, of course, then you, you called, John, and, and mentioned this. But uh, about, the, about the middle of June, I sat down and I just decided I was going to write this book called uh, I Can See Clearly Now. And basically, uh-huh. I'm looking back at all of the, uh, the events and the people. and the, the, Starting from the time I was living in an orphanage and when I was in high school and got thrown out and when I was in the Navy and almost got court-martialed because I was defending a policy that I thought was discriminatory and I wasn't supposed to challenge the Navy, uh, to when I was when I was in college and uh, and then became a professor. And all of these, these uh, events and people and things, as I look back on them now at the age of 72, I can see how this led to this and this was important for that. And and uh, so much of, um, uh, you know, and I feel like for the last, oh, almost two months now, I've been just absolutely obsessed. I, I, uh, I take about four or five hours a day. I go upstairs into this place that I've rented because all of my kids are here now with me. So there's no, 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 <laughs> no privacy and no uh, quiet time. Um, uh, but, uh, and it's uh, it's just this most amazing thing that I have. I realize that not only do are there angels with you, um, like you just mentioned, uh, you know, on the stage there in, in Boston with, with Carolyn and, uh, and something, you know, just spoke to you like that. But there's, I've had I've had this with me. I've been doing what uh, what I can only call automatic writing again. And it's just uh, it's happened to me three or four times with three or four different books now. Uh, and with this one, it's like I've written I've written 80,000 words 
in uh, since the middle of June, which is a, that's a really a full length book um, wow. without any without an outline, without any notes or anything. And I'm only about halfway into all of the things that I um, I really feel are significant um, uh, that I want to write about and include in this book. So I think that there are angels with us, and I think they they are. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling I guess particularly about this because my mother passed away now two weeks ago, and uh, I've just been feeling her really really close to me um, in the in, in, since since she since she left, almost uh, like a confirmation that. Uh, that she's right there with me. So anyway, uh, that's that's uh so what well, tell t- tell me about your book. It's called My Mentors, Heroes, yeah, What? Yeah, Heroes, Mentors and Friends, and it's really mm-hmm. what you just said. It's basically the book is about the people that are in our lives that I believe the special people, the heroes, mentors and friends that are the angels in our lives that mm-hmm. come to us from a higher power at the right time. I mean, this is all the stuff you've been writing about for years right. when you when you experience it. And that mm. sort of brought me to write this book. It, you know, you've always said, don't let the music stay in you. Make sure that right. you, you sing your song. Mm. I can quote you all day long, by the way. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of your stuff is in my book. And, mm. But I, I believe that the people that are... And I also believe that the people... We are angels to others. Right. We, we don't know the power that we have when we make just a kind gesture, a kind compliment, you know, the story, mm. your John of God story, how you went and touched all of those people after your surgery, uh, you know, with the, the $50 on the street and the homeless. Right. All that stuff really matters, and that's what my book's about. It's really, it's the positive experiences in my life resulting from teachings like yours and my father, who, my father started teaching me the St. Assisi speech uh, when I was younger. I didn't know really? that was it. As the prayer, mm. and then imagine my delight when I saw it in spiritual solution. I said, "Wait, yeah, a right. it this. became the whole yeah." And I, w- I wasn't raised around Catholic, but let me ask you this, John. Um, so you're talking about all the positive experiences. Think about the negative ones. I mean, think about the ones that we judge um, harshly when they come up, or I wish this wouldn't have happened, or wasn't this uh, isn't this terrible? Because I'm I'm looking at a lot of those. Like uh, I got thrown out of uh, my biology class um, because I. I, I just I made a fuss about having to do some assignment. I was 15 years old, and uh, I got upset about this. I just thought it was the stupid assignment to go out and collect a bunch of leaves and and uh, and turn them in. It was a leaf collection, and they they sent me down to the uh, office, and they wanted my mother to come in to talk to the principal and blah blah blah. And while I was in that office, sitting on that bench, I mean, there was a copy of Thoreau's. Uh, on uh, uh, his essay on the necessity of civil disobedience and, and yeah. Walden Pond. And I sat there for four days reading that, and it changed my life. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, and, and you think, you know, you, I got thrown out of a class for being insolent and not doing what I was supposed to do, but I've never done what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> it's just, right. I've always sort of listened to an inner kind of calling. I just probably was a little rude about it or whatever. But that incident, I mean, and, and to this day, I mean, that was the, you know, I was 15 years old. You know, that's like uh, 55, 60 years ago. Uh, and yet it just stands out so clearly. And sometimes the, the things that we think are, uh, you know, are obstacles or difficulties or, or things that shouldn't have happened to us, like uh, when we have a fire and we lose everything or when we... Uh, have an accident or when someone close to us uh, leaves us or whatever. Um, and sometimes those are those are the most important and significant things that could ever happen to us in our lives. And they, they force us they force us into another 
plane. And that, and as I look back on my life, and I, it's very interesting because I almost feel as if I'm reliving my life uh, in my writing studio. And I've been doing that for the last two months now. And I can't wait to get in there. I close the door. I lock it. I'm by myself. I light candles. I have this little whole ritual I do. And then I recall um, the year 1987 or 1989 uh, when my youngest daughter was born. And, uh, or I recalled the, the, the date of 9-11, uh, uh, you know, in 2001. You know, on 9-11, uh, 2001, uh, I was in San Diego um, in the morning. And I got a copy of USA Today, uh, and it was in my bedroom, uh, and I opened it up, and there was a full-page ad on for ni- a 9-11-2001. Uh, you can look it up for a book that I had just had released, and it was called There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. Right. And there, and here we are, you know, facing one of the biggest problems that this country has ever faced, you know, this whole, you know, being attacked and so on. And... There was a full page ad in the in the paper on that particular day that said wow. there's a spiritual solution to everyone. Those kinds of things that just seem so, uh, I don't know, coincidental or just happenstance and so on. You look back at them and you and you begin to see that uh, there's something there's something bigger moving all these pieces around. Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. He's well. You can tell he's got that awesome radio voice. Mm-hmm. He said he used yes, to he do does. radio. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I can spot him a mile away. <laughs> I know. I, That's great. But it, it raises that interesting question. You know, the people that have really influenced you in, in your life and and situations that come and go. And I, I was just thinking, I wonder if I've learned more from the situations I hate or the situations I've loved. Mm. Well, I know that when when my uh, wife and I separated um, in, in also in that year two thousand and one, um, I was probably in the, the first time I've ever really been in uh, what I, I would call a sort of almost like a clinical depression. I mean, I didn't want to eat. I lost about thirty pounds. I just um, I was in a just deep state of uh, sadness, and uh, you know, we had seven children together. Blah blah blah. All of these things, and we never fought. We had a and um she uh, wanted to uh, separate and um uh, and get divorced which we still haven't done but um and we just spent two weeks together here and we're still very very close and very loving and uh, you know we have a big family so we didn't divorce our children at any rate um that that out of that deep compassion out of that deep sadness came compassion and i've i've noticed that in my life at the times when I've been really struggling with something going on in my life, um, you know, oftentimes it was over relationships, over, uh, you know, uh, just things that just didn't work out or uh, breaking up or uh, whatever it might be. And um, and out of that, in those in that moment, I finally got myself together and and got up and because I had I had talks to give and uh, you know I, I'm Mr. Positive you know it's like that whole that line I always say about my kids I say what I wonder what all those people would think of Mr. Positive if they could see him here today <laughs> you know <laughs> laying under the under the blankets uh, sad and 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 so on um and I sat down to write and I wrote uh, two books um during that those first two years that we were separated when the when the pain was so uh, so just so deep and and cutting so so strongly uh, one was Ten Secrets for Success and Inner Peace, um, which was a huge, huge seller, and and The Power of Intention, um, which uh, was one of the biggest books that I've That's ever one read, of my and favorites. and one of the books that have has impacted more people, I think, than uh, anything I wrote other than Your Erroneous Sounds back in the 1970s, and it still continues. There's hardly a day goes by that someone doesn't approach me and tell me that The Power of Intention 
and the reading it and so on. And I remember as I was sitting there reading it and that sometimes the tears would be coming down my, uh, my face. And I, I wrote from a, a place of, um, of compassion, of kindness, almost like uh, reconnecting to God. So then I look back at the most significant events in my life. And um, it was when my father uh, walked out on me when I was just a child. It was um, when I, uh, you know, when, when my wife left at that time. It was uh, when I uh, gave up uh, alcohol uh, was another time. It was after a bad experience. Um, so those uh, those those negatives that were the ones that we call negatives very often i always say that one of the things that we want to learn to do is to uh, be in a state of gratitude even for uh, even for the things that aren't going the way we would like them to go because there's something there's something divine in it to find out more about dr wayne dyer or any other hay house author please visit hayhouse.com thank you for listening